Blessed be the God of abundance. Amen. For me, this wonderful gospel we just heard of the healing of the lepers captures the essence of the Christian faith. The first thing we learn from the passage is that God's grace and God's healing is offered unconditionally. Right? All ten of the lepers are cleansed. All ten of them are healed unconditionally. But then only one of the ten returns to Jesus and gives thanks. Only one of the ten. And we're left to wonder what happened to the other nine. Chances are they probably just did what Jesus told them to and went to the priest who, uh, as was the custom, the priest would actually have to verify that they were cleansed and there was a ritual which would allow them to re-enter the community. So they probably just did that, but we don't really know. But only one returns and gives thanks. And those are two key actions that define the Christian faith for us. God loves us unconditionally. The question is first the one of returning. At some point in our journey of faith, we return to our Creator. We make a conscious decision to turn. In fact, the word repentance really means a turning of the mind or a turning of the heart. It's an acceptance of Jesus. The second is the giving thanks, the gratitude. Gratitude is the fundamental expression of our faith. Jesus says to the leper, after he has prostrated himself and given thanks, your faith has made you well. Go on your way. Now the leper was already healed. So I think when Jesus says, your faith has made you well, he's talking about something more than just no longer being a leper. I think he's talking about a greater status of wellness. And also, keep in mind, the Samaritan was an outcast among the others. He was not one of the elect. So Jesus is, in effect, saying, your faith has made you well, meaning you you are a child of God. In fact, among the elect, they didn't return, and you did. And I think the key was that the leper's faith was not so much that he and the other lepers called on Jesus' master, have mercy on us, but his faith was his gratitude. He responded to what God did, not just by going to the priest and following the instructions, but by coming back to Jesus and expressing his gratitude. To live our faith is to give thanks. 
This gospel passage and some of the other healing stories often remind me of uh, one of my own experiences, which I may have shared, uh, some of you may have heard me share. When I was 10 years old, I was uh, at a friend's house, and we were, um, we were playing, I don't know if any of you remember that old TV show, Land of the Lost. We were playing Land of the Lost, and he was setting up a tent, so I started to climb a tree in his backyard to look for the what were they, the slay stag, whatever the monsters were. So I was going to be the lookout guy. So I climbed to the top of this two-story tree and touched a 7,200-volt power line. And uh, I won't go into all the lovely details, but uh, came to about halfway down the tree, could barely talk or move, ended up in the emergency room, and then uh, a burn unit, and I'm being treated by all these doctors, and um, at least two, maybe three different doctors said something to me like, God must have been looking out for you because you shouldn't be here. Or God must have plans for you because almost nobody survives that kind of an accident. Did God actually... You know, when I came to on that branch, had I died and God, I don't know what happened. Did God actually save me? I don't know. Was I somehow more special than any other child that dies from a similar accident? Absolutely not. But I do know that uh, that experience uh, was very profound and formative for me, and I'm sure has something to do with the fact that I'm standing up here as a priest. Um, And you kids, don't stop climbing trees, but don't ever touch a wire. (laughs) Ever. (laughs) Ever. It's not worth it. Interestingly, the power company cut the tree down the next day, but that's another story. (laughs) So what was interesting is I... So, right, I'm 10 years old. My mom has gotten all of us baptized, so she's fulfilled her obligation and can stop going to church. (laughs) So I, a 10-year-old, I started getting rides to church from family friends because I wanted to go to church. I felt like, I'm still alive. I have to go to church. I have to pray. I have to give thanks. Now, some of it was clearly some weird sense of duty or obligation, like, well, God saved me, and now I really owe God. But it was also just a sense of being thankful that I was still alive. And uh, so I was going to, going to church. This summer when uh, we had our pilgrimage to our sister parish in Malawi, again I was struck by the incredible gratitude of the people there. People who live, I mean there are a lot of people who are really suffering and have very, very difficult lives. And there are also people who live in little shacks with no running water and no electricity, and you talk to them and they just want to thank God for all their blessings. And they are just so grateful for God's presence in their lives. And sometimes I think because they have so little, it doesn't cloud their vision of God in the way that maybe all the stuff that I've accumulated keeps me from seeing God a little more clearly. Yesterday, uh, 10 of us met in the parking lot here around 6.30 in the morning and rode our mountain bikes up to Lake Lagunitas. Uh, 
and met uh, four saviors who arrived with coffee and donuts. <laughs> and 14 of us gathered and had Eucharist on the edge of Lake Lagunitas as the sun came up. And when we offered the prayers, I was just, I was so struck by the gratitude that everyone was expressing. All the different prayers of gratitude that people had for God's presence in their lives. We live out our faith by expressing gratitude. By expressing gratitude even amidst the trials and tribulations of our lives. And we do this because we were created to give thanks. God created us to give thanks. And we live into who we are as God's children when we give thanks and express gratitude. We are people of the table. And every Sunday we gather and we celebrate the Holy Eucharist together. And we call that prayer the Great Thanksgiving. The Eucharistic prayer is the Great Thanksgiving. And Steve will pray the words, Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. And we will respond, It is right to give God thanks and praise. And then he will continue the prayer with the words, It is truly right and good and joyful to give you thanks. Now, expressing gratitude and giving thanks to God includes our money and our resources. Indeed, using our money to give thanks to God is essential for having a complete, holistic faith in Jesus. You cannot separate your faith from your financial life. You cannot separate them. And one of, not the only, but one of the ways to express gratitude to God is through financial support of the church and other organizations that are doing God's work in the world. Yep, this is the, as a friend of mine calls it, the Sermon on the Amount. Today we are kicking off our 2014 annual fund where we ask you, the members of St. John's, to make a financial commitment to support the work we share here, our ministry in this community uh, for 2014. And giving as an act of gratitude in my experience, giving to the church especially, and to other organizations that are really meaningful to me. Giving as, not out of just obligation, but giving as an act of gratitude reinforces for me a sense of God's abundance. You know that for in giving you receive? When I give, I have a sense of God's abundance and the blessings that I have received. I don't know if, do you guys remember that commercial many years ago for the hair club for men? Do any of you remember that? 
It was called the Hair Club for Men, and it was, uh, they had some lotion that if you were balding, you would rub on your head and your hair would grow back or something like that, or implants or whatever. And the ads were always the president of the company speaking. And at the end, he would always say, I'm not only the Hair Club for Men's president, I'm also a member. And they'd have like a before and after picture of him balding now with a full head of hair. Uh, that's kind of how I feel today. I am not only your rector at St. John's, getting paid to say this. I'm also a member. I'm also a member of this church. And Amy and I have uh, given a lot of thought and prayer to it. And for 2014, we have decided that we're going to make a financial commitment to St. John's of $5,000. That's a challenge for us. We've got a daughter that just went off to boarding school, and I'm still not sure how we're going to pay for that, and a mortgage. And um, I don't know about you all, but every time I turn on the TV and see the debt ceiling countdown ticker, the anxiety, like, what's going to happen? Oh, my God. It's a challenge, but it's a commitment that I feel so good about. Uh, And we give because it feels good and because we love this community and because we feel so blessed by God in our lives. And, you know, we'll figure out boarding school and all that, and if we have to make cuts, we'll figure it out, but it's not just going to be the church taking the whole hit. We believe in this community and in this church, and it's where we come to celebrate, and it's where we come to pray when times are hard. So I want to invite you uh, to join us in making a commitment, a financial commitment to St. John's based on your own capacity that is an expression of gratitude, not just of obligation, although I think we are obligated to support the church, but that is truly an expression of gratitude and of joyful giving for God's blessings in your lives, especially as we all experience them in this house of prayer for all people. God is good. All the time. time. Amen.